0: For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we're talking about scents. We talk about urine and orbital glands. We also talk about cover scents and scent elimination. And today we're gonna to be talking with Matt Wade from Code Blue. Code Blue's been around, uh, been around for a while and um, they are, I guess, a staple in the hunting community and the hunting industry when it comes to those types of scents, especially their, their, what, what Matt calls their one deer, one bottle application. Uh, to get the most realistic sense possible. And so, and so that's what today's topic is about. Now, in the past, when I first started hunting, uh, you know, this, this scent game is, to me, it's interesting, right? And I, I mentioned this from a, a deer behavior, deer biology standpoint, how, how they use scent, how they communicate with scent, but how the hunting industry has kind of, played off of that into selling products now going back to when I originally started hunting and I mentioned that in this podcast that I was the guy who would get the earth scented wafers right I'd wear them on my hat I'd wear them on my shirt I would put them in Put, uh, put those wafers in totes of all of my clothes and that would be kind of my scent cover up and then when I would get out, out of the vehicle I would spray down with all the sprays I used to chew gum that uh, supposedly made your breath not stink as bad, uh, just a whole bunch of stuff and today I, I use things like uh, uh, cover spray and that would be nose jammer and when I'm in the tree I use uh, you know a product like ozonics which uh, eliminates all this odor right and uh, dilutes uh, the surrounding area and it makes kind of a, a long story short ozone in, in its own in multiple applications whether it's in the tree stand or uh, the application on the clothes so I, I've kind of run the gamut and still kind of play that scent game now one thing I don't typically do is the the urine right I I, I, in the past I haven't done mock scrapes I used to do drag rags back in the day when I was younger I don't do that anymore but uh, one thing that I'm really going to pay attention to this year and might even play the mock scrape game a little bit more uh, with the orbital gland maybe in September or something like that And, uh, Matt today talks a little bit about all, all of that stuff. So it's a pretty quick episode. Uh, lots of information comes at you real fast, not only about, um, uh, deer and, and how they use scent and their products and how they're properly used, but, uh, um, how he would recommend using them. So it's a, it's a pretty quick, pretty fun uh, episode. It's, uh, different because I, I don't, typically talk with scent companies on here um, and maybe it's because I'm a little skeptical I don't know I don't know you'll have I would love to hear your guys's feedback on this when it comes to what kind of scents you use you know there's guys out there when it comes it comes to scent elimination they do not take any shortcuts they're the guys who keep it in the totes uh, when they get out t- to the woods they get out of their truck have a whole new set of clothes that they that they change in they go in and uh and then there's guys like me who i i take naps i do a whole day in in the clothes uh i'll go to the tree but then i i do a dry wash cycle before most of my hunts so who knows and who knows what's what is the right way to do it Again, awesome episode, but before we get into today's episode, we're going to do a little uh, commercial break here, and I want to send a huge shout out to Tethered because I'm really excited about uh, trying out the saddle this year, and uh, I've I've been pressured by enough people in the saddle hunting community, I guess you want to call it, who have basically pushed me into a corner and say, dude, it's time to try a saddle, so here I am telling you that I'm going to be trying a saddle, and to be honest with you, I've had it in a tree, already um, I've had a couple sticks up I've sat in it I haven't shot my bow out of it yet but I can see how if you got a strong core you could sit there and just kind of be very comfortable all day the profile I'm interested in going into the woods with very low profile and that means no tree stand right just just a climbing method which I'm gonna probably use the same sticks that I've always used uh, so that's uh, tethered, and uh, if you're looking for a saddle, go check tethered out. In the mix of all that right now, you know, it's uh, I don't know. I don't know about this inflation though. It's kind of throwing me for a loop. Shit, I just saw gas that's four four forty five uh, by where I live, and that to me is absolutely ridiculous. And if it's that high during the hunting season, I don't know if I'm going to be going on um, as many trips this year as I would in the past, but. Um so I'm, I'm daydreaming a lot I'm still prepping for those hunts and I'm doing a lot of that on Hunt stand and basically just scouring public land uh, in a variety of different states. Um, if you're looking for a very affordable high functioning mobile hunting app, you need to check out Hunt stand. Because it has the most features compared to any other mobile app that's out there So make sure you go check out HuntStand Go to HuntStand.com You can read up on all that functionality And uh, there's a lot of cool new things coming from HuntStand And uh, and I've had those guys on before But I'm going to have to get them back on Because these guys are uh, doing some interesting stuff and, And some really cool stuff then we have the Average Conservationist. Huge shout out to Marcus. He has the Average Conservationist podcast here on the Sportsman's Empire Network. Be sure to check that out. But also go to the Sportsman's Excuse me. TheAverageConservationist.com and check out their whole lineup of t-shirts, hats. It's a lifestyle brand. Really cool logos. Very comfortable t-shirts. Man, I wear, he sent me a whole box of them. I wear them just about every day. And they're the very comfortable. Uh, t-shirts that fit really nice around the chest and arms and if you have love handles it doesn't show your love handles so <laughs> i'm a big fan of that and then um uh yeah so make sure you go check out the average conservationist and, and maybe go on to their instagram page and tell them i sent you and then lastly we have uh, annihilator broadheads now um these guys uh, Stubbs media has reached out to me and was like hey man you got any uh you know you got any uh uh space for some advertising? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, okay. Well, we got a one of our clients, uh, we got Annihilator Broadheads and they want a little exposure. I'm like, hey man, you know, I got no problem shouting out a company. And so here's a couple of bullet points they sent me. And um, you know, you guys can go to their website, Annihilator Broadheads, and, and check them out. One thing that they really say that they they're pretty proud of is that they get more pass throughs. Right. And one of the reason more pass throughs and less deflections on some of their hard, uh, harder quartering shots. And uh, because it allows the arrow to basically the way it's designed, it allows the arrow to hit like hook in, get get into the animal. And because of the wound channel, it doesn't create drag on the arrow, which allows the arrow to have all the energy go through it. So um, go check out Annihilator. They got some really cool things on their website, you know, a lot more information about it. Just go check them out. Um, and one another thing that they kind of pride themselves on is, they say, larger group, uh, uh, not larger groups, groups like at field point accuracy at longer ranges. So the, uh, the, the broadhead holds true at longer distances and there's not a lot of that... Uh, uh, planing or or I don't know, whatever that uh, certain broadheads do at longer distances, right? So the accuracy is there. So go check out Annihilator Broadheads and uh, those guys are going to be on the show here pretty soon as well. So we've done the intro, uh, we've done the commercials, huge shout out to all the brands, huge shout out to all of you. If you guys like the Hunting Gear podcast, please hit me up on uh, Nine Finger Chronicles Instagram and uh, let me know what you want to hear and I'll, I will happily... Interview you interview, you know, if you're a gear nut interview, you interview anybody who wants to talk about hunting gear, uh, even the companies that you might recommend as well. So, uh, let's do it. And, uh, I say we get into today's episode code blue with Matt Wade. Three, two, one. All right. On the phone with me today from code blue, Matt Wade, Matt, how we doing, man? Hey, doing great. How are you, Dan? I'm doing good, man. It sounds like you've—I uh, don't want to say fully recovered, but you've recovered enough <laughs> from being sick to hop on the podcast today.
1: Yeah. So, for everybody listening, uh, Dan has tried to schedule this podcast with me about 20 times now, and uh, lost my voice a couple times. Had uh, uh, some sickness in the family, and trying to get over it. And going to try to keep from uh, coughing into the microphone too much today. But happy to be on on the podcast and uh, talk with you today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the topic of conversation today is code blue and deer scent and, and deer scents and and things like that. Uh, before we kind of get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, why don't you talk to us a little bit about what you do at code blue?
1: Okay. Um, I'm the product manager for code blue. So basically, uh, I manage the brand from uh, top to bottom pretty much, uh, I do uh, our production planning, our product sourcing, new product development. Um, uh, Generally, anything to do with Code Blue scents or the code scent eliminators falls uh, under my hat. So uh, it's kind of a flagship brand here at Pradco. Uh, It was our first first purchase. Pradco is kind of our parent company uh, over uh, some iconic hunting brands. And Code Blue was the first purchase back in I believe in '92 or '93, and uh, has uh, stayed as a staple under Pradco since then. Uh, we've got, you know, some other iconic brands that uh, you recognize as well, uh, and I work closely with those guys on uh, products like our attractants for Moultrie. Uh, so, uh, stay pretty much involved in anything that it will attract deer.
0: Yeah, and that is that's a perfect transition because. To me, how a deer uses their nose and how deer um, use scent in their behavior is really fascinating to me. Uh, everything from the glands, you know, in their eyes to the roof of their mouth to, you know, the, the tarsal glands on their legs and all that stuff. Uh, is, it's yeah. really fascinating how they communicate with each other by scent and um and that kind of leads me into the the first question i have for you is from a biology standpoint what do you guys do over there at code blue if any to to research deer biology and to come up with the best product
1: uh we're uh constantly trying to refine our product line uh to best attract deer that's one thing that uh, in the beginning of the company, something that kind of sets us apart from our competitors. Uh, there's a lot of you know, great companies in the scent industry, uh, but uh, our calling card is really our one deer to one bottle uh, collection process. Like you were saying, they, the way that deer use their sense of smell pretty much above all other their scents is it's just really important to learn as a hunter, uh, especially you know, as a new hunter. Or a younger hunter i learned a lot of lessons uh the hard way that uh you know you're just you're going to get yourself in trouble if you're not worried about your scent if you're putting out scent at the wrong time uh you know the way that they use their nose is just you know it's it's tough to beat so uh the one deer to one bottle process is you know something that you know we stake our stake our brand on and you know that collection of one deer gives you the most lifelike, you know, response out in the wild. So, you know, that's just it's really important for Code Blue.
0: Yeah. So, talk to us a little bit about why, though. Like, from a from so, a biology standpoint, like, why is it best to have one deer sample or urine in a in one bottle? Well, so think of
1: it in uh, in terms of just how. How you smell or how I smell. Our sense of smell is not nearly as, uh, you know, as good as a deer's. I think uh, some studies say say it's up to a thousand times better than a human's uh, a human's nose. So you go into a, a perfume store and you know that smell when you walk in. It's just overwhelming. You know it's perfume. You can identify the smell. The way that they smell is, you know, they smell a hundred different scents. So. You know, when you go out in the wild and you smell that one specific deer, I mean, mine and your urine smells different. Uh, Every deer's urine smells different. So giving them that lifelike one-to-one, you know, smell gives you the best shot. Will blended urines work where you have multiple deer in one bottle? Absolutely. It smells like deer pee because it is deer pee. But uh, that one deer to one bottle is really going to give you that most, you know, the best shot out there in the wild to, you know, mimic an actual dough going through that area you know recently so um, you know the, bi- the biology behind it is you know, from my perspective is pretty simple. Gotcha. It's a, it's, a, it's a unique scent We put you know we make sure that you' it's your retail, you're never going to have a peg where you walk up and you don't have six if there's six bottles of urine we expect you to see six different deer numbers and six different deer to choose from on that peg.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so if you say one deer to one bottle, then that tells me that that is an actual collection facility where you're collecting actual urine or uh, yes. con- stuff from a, uh, an animal, right? Yes. So we're collecting a hundred
1: percent, uh, from one deer and we can trace each bottle back. You'll see, uh, the deer number, you know, it just looks like a bunch of numbers, but it, we can trace that back to when it was collected and the specific deer that it was collected from. So, you know, a little geeky, a little, you know, it seems a little overproduced, but to us, you know, it, it makes the difference.
0: Yeah. And from a hunter hunting standpoint, right. For like me, I like... I like the attention to detail in that just from a, from the standpoint, it's just like, this isn't just a hodgepodge of things that, that are uh, thrown together and just labeled. Right. I I can look at that and I can go, Oh, this is pretty cool. I I can trace this back to a particular deer. And that tells me that that was the deer that, I don't know that that's the nerdy side of me though, that I, that I guess I like. Sure. I mean, so
1: even, You know, there are products that you can buy that are have urine in them and they have other attractants added to the mix. You can find fully synthetic products that are made and we sell them as well, uh, but that are made to mimic, you know, the smell of a doe and estrus or, you know, a buck. You know, you can do, there's only so much you can do to mimic the smell we do the best we can, you know, across the industry, especially where. You know, real deer urine is outlawed or not allowed, but, you know, when it comes down to it, a pure non additive, you know, pure product is what, um, you know, what works best. So we typically stick with that and we have different products where we have, you know, a enhanced version, uh, but it's based on, uh, enhancements coming from an actual deer. It's not, uh, you know, not uh, synthetic additives, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah. So, you know, obviously the term synthetic means fake, right? But overall, what is the difference between real urine and synthetic urine? I mean,
1: it's pretty simple. Uh, You know, real urine is is real urine from an actual white-tailed deer, so uh, you're getting exactly what you want. Yeah, you know, we we have basically we've had as far as I know, we've overhauled our synthetic line multiple times over the years to try to refine, you know, as we find, you know, new scents that can, you know, give us that smell that's going to smell more like the real thing. We do the best we can. I think we have a great scent line for you know those states where you can't use the real thing but nothing's going to be the real thing and you know we just we do the best we can across the industry to mimic that uh, but you know, you're know you not going to beat the real thing
0: yeah so the way i understand a little bit of it and maybe maybe i you know i'm no deer biologist but during the breeding season a uh, a doe can give off like a pheromone of sorts um and that also triggers a buck to go hey she's ready like i'm gonna go chase her so um where does that pheromone come from and are you able to collect that at all uh the
1: specific pheromone uh we collect the urine when we're uh when we're sure that the doe is in estrus when she started her estrus cycle where she's ready to be bred so uh that's uh a testable attribute i guess you can say yeah uh, so so all of our dough and estrus urine is not uh just you know they go in and out of cycle those go in and out at the beginning of the season through the end of the season and just based on you know where you are those cycles are at different times but uh it's pretty much down to science during collection uh that you know if it's during her cycle uh, it's, it's provable that the urine is once collected during her cycle. And as you stated, you know, there's a, that pheromone that's in the air. You know, a buck knows when, you know, it's just a, you know, a doe walking by that's not uh, ready to be bred and when she's ready. So uh, very important uh, to note when using urines as well. It's not like you're really going to scare a buck off by using estrus too early normally, but it definitely gives the wrong signal. Yeah, you know, so uh
0: using scents is great,
1: but uh using me at the right time is important as well.
0: Right. Um so when it comes to like these these scents and how to use them in your hunting strategy, is there a you know, you guys have a, a crazy lineup from like pre-orbital uh, stuff that, you know, you could potentially use early season to mm-hmm. drag rags, to scrape fixers, to estrus urine, you know, things like that. Explain to us a little bit about your product line and, and how how to properly use them throughout <laughs> a, a deer season.
1: Sure. Yeah. So like you said, we, we try to supply products that uh, work well and are tested and proven to work well throughout the season. So, you know, your early season, uh, like you mentioned, I love to use a product that uh, like a preorbital or a rack or a rack rub product uh, to, you know, before you can really, you know, an ester scent is going to be what is most recognizable during, during hunting season. So that early season, like I said, it's not good to use that uh, scent because it's, they're not in cycle yet. So uh, typically I like to use rack rub or preorbital glands sent during the early season uh, to just uh, kind of pique the interest of a buck, especially if I had you know, known travel corridors, known scrape locations in the past that, you know, typically get used each year. Um, I like to prep those and uh, set up a camera and see, you know, what I got coming by. Rack rub is a great product to use just because it's not, Overwhelming, uh, and it's not gonna. I've never had a buck that came by on camera that did not stop and check out Rack Rub. It's a good product, easy to apply. And you know, like I said, you like to find a scrape early in the season, uh, but you know, we've got products you can make mock scrapes with as well. Uh, During that, (coughs) excuse me, during the mid season, uh, when you know the rut's starting, uh, you know. I love to use an estrus scent, or I feel like that's your best chance to, you know, catch a buck off his game. I mean, any hunter knows at certain time of the year when they're chasing, I mean, anything can happen out there, and you can pull, you know, he could be chasing chasing a doe and catch that scent, and, you know, it could be right in front of you in a second. So uh, during during the middle of the season, I like to use an estrus scent, and then, if I've got, uh, if I know I'm uh, after a specific buck that's super territorial and staying in the same area, you know, you can mix in a buck urine or uh, a scrape product, uh, you know, as an infringement scent. Um, you know, I like to do that whenever I'm sure that there's, you know, an alpha in the area. Uh, you don't want to scare off, you know, younger deer that way, but uh, older deer, typically they're going to, they're going to take to that and not want another buck in their area. Um, And then late season, uh, you know, really just trying to finish out the season. Those second, those does that are not bred early season uh, may come back into heat again. So I'm using estrus at the end of the season as well.
0: Yeah. So you, you mentioned something about the cycle may not be ready, but when we look at the the breeding cycle of the whitetail herd in general it's a it's a bell curve right some does go in early and can be bred as early as like the first to second second week of october all the way you know if they miss their first cycle and aren't bred they can go multiple times sure. out, you know but with, with peak breeding being the 14th uh, research shows that peak breeding is done somewhere around november 14th okay mm-hmm. so Knowing that and knowing that different deer groups can, you know, doe groups can go into uh, estrus at different times. <laughs> how, how do you, how, how would you recommend somebody using that that doe estrus? I mean, is that only the a quote unquote rut scent? Or it, can that also be used early season as well?
1: Well, I mean, typically... They're different, at least in, I've only hunted Alabama recently, uh, but the, you know, where two counties over, they may be hitting peak rut at the first of December. Uh, At our place, uh, we're, you know, in south or mid to south Alabama, we're really seeing the most activity between like December 20th and the first week of January. I mean, where it's just an all out all day seeing bucks on camera that you haven't seen before bucks coming through. So, I mean, my thing is I'm once the season is, or the breeding season has started in the state, I'm, I'm going to that extra scent because it's not too early, even if, you know, maybe at our place, I know the best time is late in December. You know, I'm not, I'm not putting it on the shelf till then when does are, being bred somewhere in the state I'm I'm ready to go with that it's, it's your best shot to use out there so gotcha uh, so yeah
0: gotcha all right so I'd like to talk about quality assurance for a while um, because they're you know in order to collect uh, it's not like you have a bottle and you just follow a deer around and you hold it while they pee, right? They're- That's exactly
1: what we do. <laughs> <You> know,
0: <laughs> that doesn't seem very efficient, man.
1: <laughs> you know, we're all about quality. So you find people with fast feet and fast hands. You don't, you don't make the NFL come see us. You know, we, can, <laughs> we can find a spot for you on TV. No, yeah, we're you're not, uh, you know, you're not doing that. So. Uh, can't go into too much. As far as the detail as around collection goes, uh, it is a patented process, especially the way that we do it. Uh, but what I can tell you is as far as quality goes, uh, we take. A number of steps to ensure quality. The thing that's going to break down urine is oxygen, light, uh, heat and time. Uh, so, you know, we use, uh, a process to try to eliminate, uh, Product sitting out for any period of time. Once we have it, it's sealed. We bottle it and uh, keep it in a cool, dark place uh, until it's ready to go out. We use dark, uh, dark glass bottles uh, to, you know, keep the UV rays off the product. Uh, we take a lot of steps to ensure that you know, even if it's been you know a number of weeks since the product was collected, uh, that you're going to get that fresh. As fresh as you can possibly get it by the time it hits you, quality is just as important as having you know having good product. You know, if you've ever had a bottle of urine that's been opened and reopened and sat in the back of a truck and taken a whiff of it, yeah, it smells, uh, but it's, that's not the smell that you're looking for. Right. So you can tell the difference. I mean, I, easy to say for me because I you know I'm around it all the time, but uh, anybody. Anybody can tell the difference in a, a bottle of urine that's gone bad and a bottle of urine that's been, you know, collected and you know quality has been, you know, taken care of yeah. whatever you're collecting.
0: Yeah. So do so natural urine obviously has an expiration date. Um, does synthetic have the same type of expiration date? Uh
1: I wouldn't say that they're the same. I mean without we don't put an expiration date on our bottles. We try to sell out every year at the end of the year. Uh, we hope that our retailers, retailers sell out at the end of the year, but the steps that we take uh, to, to make sure that uh, you know, that urine is, is good when it's bottled, uh, once it's sealed, uh, it should last for a couple of years uh, without any breakdown uh, in the urine. Uh, but as far as synthetics go, uh, I mean the products themselves should last for a, a longer time in the elements than a bottle of real urine will but uh, we don't I've never heard, I've never had a complaint about a bottle of uh, synthetic that was expired or you know, seemed like it had gone bad because it's we're using agents that don't break down like natural urine will over time.
0: yeah talk to me a little bit about. Uh, of how do you sense or, or, or why, let's say a guy listens to this podcast and he goes, Hey man, I have never used scent before. Right. And then whether I've, he's been successful or he hasn't been successful, he's just never, he's never thought to use scent or just hasn't used any type of sense before. Cover this in, in two ways. All right. From a strategy standpoint, talk to us a little bit about getting deer in front of trail cameras, right. Versus actually using it in a hunting strategy where you aim to kill on on that set.
1: Yeah, so uh getting deer in front of trail cameras is, you know, important especially early in the season. You know, like me, I I do a little bit of public land hunting, not as easier to uh, you know, take inventory on public land. Obviously, you got a lot more factors going against you there, but uh, typically I'm using uh, you know, a scrape type product or uh, you know, an early season pre-orbital type product to try to inventory deer, get them in front of cameras, and, you know, you're not sending any message other than this is a place where you need to come lay some communication down. That's what a scrape essentially is. Does use it, bucks use it. Uh, they're using their urine, they're using their, their feet, their inner, uh, hooves, their inner, inner glands in between, uh, you know, in their feet to send a message. They're. It's basically like they're, you know, writing down a message like, "Hey, I'm here. Hey, this is, you know, this buck's been here. This doe's been here." Yeah. Uh, And he, you know, so, scents are important uh, to use and to just understand how deer use them uh, during the season. Uh, You know, you're you're trying to basically put uh, scent down to mimic uh, a doe in the area that's ready to be bred or, uh, you know just that there is another buck or another doe in the area. It can be a, a calming factor. Uh, if it's not uh, sexual attractant, it can be uh, if you're you know hunting for does, uh, using a doe scent in the area lets another doe know, hey, like there's, you know, there's other does in the area can give, give them a calming or a safety, uh, safety in numbers kind of effect. Uh, bucks early season uh, can be, just curious about another buck in the area, especially when they're still running together. Uh, So you can use them a number of different ways throughout the season. And, you know, regardless of if you're using them or not, deer are using them. Uh, So, you know, you can can kind of impact uh, your level of success uh, by using them and using them the right way.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, and and the right way is very important because I back in the day I used to use a... um, uh some scent that i got from a guy who raised deer uh that here in iowa and Uh we would do drag rags into basically put a rubber or a rope around a rock with some cloth on it and drag it to our tree stand okay and the hopes of a you know a big buck following that in and, and then getting a shot on it but there's there's a way to properly do it. Uh, why don't you walk through the proper way to use, let's say a, a drag rag. Cause you sell drag, like, um, drag yeah. products that don't, won't get you busted. Sure. So we
1: take a lot of care to make sure that human scent is uh, not on those drags uh, to try. That's, you know, that's just as big of a factor as using, uh, using scents to attract deer almost bigger factor is going to be the scent that you leave behind yourself. So uh, it's very important that you're scent free as much as you can, especially when using a drag, because you got to think, when you're using that drag, you're pouring urine on the drag, trying to create a scent trail to your stand. Well, the other thing that's creating a scent trail is your feet. So you want to do as much as you can to eliminate your scent. you got to think, no matter how many steps you take to eliminate that scent at home, you get in your truck. You know your truck smells like a cheeseburger, or <laughs> like you've been sleeping in it for three days on public land. You got you stopped and got gas on the way. Smoked a cigarette. You know whatever you do, you're putting scent all over you. So trying to keep scent off your hands uh, when putting out scent, just as important as using scent because you know they're going to detect. Um, you, know, you touch all over everything that you're putting urine on. They're going to detect that smell as well. So you want to uh, make that scent stronger, closer to your stand. So like you said, you probably want to start, say, 150 yards out from your stand, uh, refresh your drag, drag it up to your stand, then refresh it when you're about 50 yards away, uh, bringing it within you know, 20, 30 yards of your stand. Some people like to bring it all the way to the stand. I like to bring it to a spot where I've got a good opening uh, and hang it on the back of a tree limb. That'll get it up in the air too, so not only do you have the scent, uh, trail on the ground. Uh, now when the wind's catching scent, hopefully it's catching, uh, catching it and taking it to a buck rather than, uh, you know, just laying on the ground and it's not something you want to put in your pocket while you crawl up in the stand either. Uh, so yeah, uh, you use it as a, as a yardage marker as well, especially yeah. for bow hunting. So yeah, you're just wanting to get a, a scent set trail or, uh, you know, you can use wicks to <clears throat> wicks to, Hanging in a tree, you can get a lot more with some of the wick products that we sell. They'll absorb a lot more urine, so it'll create basically a, a drip uh, over you know, hours of time before it'll dry up. So uh, different ways to put it out. Uh, yeah. You can get as creative as you want, and or you can literally walk to your stand uh, dripping it out of the bottle. Uh, yeah. But all about how much effort uh, you're going to put in it.
0: Yeah. One thing that I used to do uh, when I used scent was... I used to grab a, bo- a handful of gravel and put it in my pocket. Um, and then I would have a really good access route to my tree stand. And then I'd get in to my tree stand. You know, you got to figure out which way the wind is blowing uh, sure. where, where my scent wouldn't overlap any of that, uh, of that scent. And then I would take my scent usually doe estrus or some kind of buck and rut lure, and I'd, I'd drip it on the rocks, and then I would throw the rocks into the woods. And hey. I would do that. And Now, of course, I, I spend the rest of the day there smell with my fingers smelling like deer pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, let me see, let me see uh, how you felt after you threw the rocks. Yeah, right. So okay, then, true. you know, I, I didn't necessarily have any crazy success with that, but I did have you know some some younger deer come into that on a, you know a couple of occasions and put their nose to the ground and I'm assuming smell what I had thrown over there and so it was one of those it was one of those uh experiments that I don't know what the I, I really don't know what the outcome was of it and and I would have to say that uh maybe there was deer there nocturnally that I didn't see so the the experiments really Inconclusive as far as yeah. uh, you know data is concerned, but when it comes to a guy, maybe sitting on the edge of a uh, saying he wants to try to take the next step and, and involve scent into his you know, whether it's preseason strategy with by maybe setting up some mock scrapes over you know with a trail camera over top of it or actually using some kind of doe estrus or drag drag or or drip system or or the preorbital gland, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Why should they consider using sense? Well,
1: you know, you're by using sense, you're not guaranteed to kill a deer. We're not you know, trying to advertise that, you know, no matter what you pour this bottle out, you know, 10 points coming out. If he's in the air, he's coming out. You know, it's, it's a decision that, deer making what they're after all you can do is you're hedging your bet you're giving yourself the best opportunity uh, to bring him within range Um, you know so it's one of those things where is it going to guarantee you a better outcome not necessarily uh, but if you use them in the right way it's definitely going to increase your odds Um, you know I've had times where I know a buck is in the area and you didn't have any luck, and then other times where uh, bucks have come, you know, straight down a scent trail that I brought in, and, you know, it was just like, you know, it works exactly how uh, you planned it, scripted it for TV. Uh, But uh, I just look at it as a way to, you know, I'm doing the best that I can outside of a feeder, you know, shooting a buck over a feeder and patterning patterning him that way. Uh, This is increasing my odds to get some traffic in the area. Especially if I'm hunting for bucks, you know, does a little bit different, but uh, You know, this is going to give me the best opportunity and when it comes down to it, it's a it's a small investment Uh, you know, you're not it's not like you're You've got to put a lot of time and you know money into using sense Uh, our products are you know are affordable Uh, so get if You kill a buck today, if you spend an extra 50 bucks over the season and, you know, you had success using urine uh, as an attractant, that's a great investment. You lose, if you didn't have any, if you don't feel like you had any extra, you know, action because of it, you lost 50 bucks and it's unlikely that, you know, it was because of the product in any way. Sometimes it's just not in the cards, uh, you know knowing your property knowing where you're hunting and knowing the you know the deer's act the deer activity on your property is when in, in using sense is important
0: yeah and that's one thing that i i feel like i'm gonna mess around with uh sometime in september or in uh maybe early early season is maybe some mock scrape type scenarios with some preorbital gland on it sure uh, and and I don't know if I'm going to ever get back into the drag rag and, and doe estrus type stuff, but I do I I I've heard it enough from people that I really respect and who do it a lot that the preorbital in order to get if you can't use mineral in order to get deer in front of your trail camera so you can take an inventory or know what deer are on the property that you hunt, the preorbital is probably the one of the best ways to do that.
1: Yeah, and you know, especially important during bow season. Uh, I just got into bow hunting last year, and found out pretty quickly, you know, how important it is to have a bow uh, or to have uh, deer within range. Figuring out these, you know, scrape scrape sites that I've known for years. Like, wow, I had so many different places I could, you know, gun hunt from. Have good access to the roots and to the scrape. A little different when bow hunting, so uh figured out pretty quick that you know having having uh, that preorbital and rack rub scent is you know, it's helpful. And like you said, bringing them in uh and getting an inventory. Uh if I'm co- when I'm confident hunting, you know, like anything else, I feel I feel the best when I know that I've got a chance. So taking inventory is uh, is a good booster for morale as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I tell you what, man, I really appreciate you taking time uh, out of your day to hop on here and talk a little bit about uh, Code Blue. Is there anything that we missed before we shut it down today?
1: Um, I mean, we covered scents pretty well. Uh, I touched on scent elimination. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a really important part of pre- preparation for your hunt. Um, you know, it, as we talked about, a deer's nose is just so, a sense of smell is just so strong so uh, just keep that in mind i know you know the, the best situation is to hunt a good wind and uh, make sure you don't win yourself but uh, take extra steps uh, to ensure that whether it's uh, your body on your clothes uh, boots uh, you know we sell products to to eliminate that scent and uh, to me, that's just as important as uh, using scents to attract deer. Staying undetectable in the woods is you know, arguably more important. Uh, so uh, a blend of both is good. Uh, like I said, we, we take a lot of care in producing and putting out the products uh, that we offer at Code Blue. Uh, so check us out and uh, good luck hunting this season, everybody.
0: Yeah, uh, I lied. I have a couple more questions because I, I I just got into the scent elimination page on the website. Okay. Um, uh, So back in the day, uh, you you know, there used to be, Hey, you got to wear rubber boots, you know, because rubber boots, they will keep your Uh things. I don't, from a personal standpoint, I really don't know how much that weighs in anymore for me. Anyway, some people, some people, everybody has a different threshold of how, they take their scent elimination game, where they take it and how deep they take it. Sure. Um, so, so talk to us a little bit about what kind of scent elimination uh, or maybe even cover sprays that Code Blue uh, offers.
1: Yeah, so uh, we offer a full line of scent elimination products uh, that will basically help you from uh, when it comes to storing your clothes, your hunting clothes in the off season, uh, you know, that time they spend in a tub or in a shed or in a closet that's you know, covered with clothes that are, you know, you spend a lot of time trying to not get sent on your clothes during hunting season. What they're doing in the off season is important as well. Uh, but um, you know, making sure that uh, you're set free as much as you can uh, while you're in the woods is important. I mean, whether you take it seriously or not, deer are taking your scent seriously when you go out in the woods. You know, you can... You can go out and, I mean, you hear like your grandpa say, I didn't wear camo and I smoked a cigarette while I was sitting in the stand and killed plenty of deer. True, true enough. Still happens to this day, but it's just another step to, uh, you know, give you an advantage in the woods. Our products go from washing your clothes to washing your body. Uh, We carry sprays that uh, will eliminate scent on your clothing. Uh, Like I said, you wash your clothes. (coughs) Excuse me get in your truck you're picking up scents all the way uh, to your stand pretty much so uh, you know we're, we offer a full line of products that uh, will basically any aspect uh, that could you know wreck your hunt or we've made a product that will you know, help you eliminate your scent uh, and it's not just uh, you know there are cover scents out there as well I don't use them as much uh, I think the best cover scent we offer is just going to be basic dough urine uh, that's just going to, you know, it's a natural smell that's going to be everywhere in the woods. So, uh, that's a good one to use, but I like to use our scent free products uh, that are actively eliminating scent uh, on you and your clothing. Uh, so, uh, you know, great product line, uh, something we've had a lot of success with over the last few years since we reintroduced the line and, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty pretty happy with the performance like you said it's not for not for everybody uh but uh it's it would definitely it definitely comes into play when you're out in the woods
0: yeah what is the active ingredient in in your sense or your scent elimination spray uh we use nano silver uh
1: to eliminate uh human odors. so it eliminates a ton of different human odors uh but um the wording around it gets a little tricky uh but it is uh, <laughs> uh we use nano silver as the active ingredient
0: okay and that um, is that's supposed to knock like is it something that uh can like straight kills stops odor or does it dilute it to the point where uh, i don't know uh, it may lessen the threat uh if a deer yeah. does catch it
1: we're going to stay away from the word kills okay uh, but uh but we're going to say uh similarly it's it's eliminating human odor it's removing the odor from uh you or your clothing
0: okay all right <coughs> and is this is this a is this something that needs to be done liberally uh because I see you know this is th- these sprays right um i I see how people use them they squirt them on their clothes and then they let them air dry for a little bit then they put them back on and they go out into the woods right um the way I look at it is, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to debate. I, so here, here's the deal. I, I don't know if they work or not, but I use them anyway, okay? And I don't know why. Maybe it's something that has been conditioned in, in me for, for years and years and years. You know, got to get the spray. I was that guy who used to have those little earth scent wafers on a yeah. clothespin on my hat. That's, yeah. that's how I started hunting. So when it comes to these scent elimination sprays, right, you talked about this, that silver being the active ingredient, but how much of the active ingredient is needed to actually do the job of eliminating all of the human odor on the clothes?
1: Well, so yeah, we will encourage you to apply liberally, especially with the sprays. Uh, they, you know, with the, with the product itself. You want to apply liberally because you want it to be touching, you know, the, the odor. So, trying to skimp on spray is not going to do the job. You're going to eliminate whatever it touches. So, the more liberally you apply, uh, the better of a job it's going to do. Uh, you know, the the active silver uh, part of the equation uh, is the same across all all of our products. Uh, so we found the, the kind of the sweet spot uh, that will both eliminate the odor and not add uh, a smell to you as well. Gotcha. And, you know, you, you don't want to do that as well. So you'll notice that uh, when you go to smell our product, it's not going to have a scent and uh, it's got enough of the active ingredient to take care of your odor as well. Uh, you know, just try it. I'm, you yeah. know, I'm telling you, it's wash your clothes uh, with, the, with the unscented detergent. Uh, and let me know how you, how you feel about it because uh, I can definitely tell uh, if I you know use uh, a jacket two or three times in the back of your truck throw it in the back of your truck each time I've got a camper shell on mine, that's why I'm in the back of the truck throw it in your back seat uh, tell me you can't smell anything when you're out in the woods uh, yeah. versus right it's freshly washed is it going to get you busted every time? No, just like scents are not going to you know guarantee you, know, you kill a big buck some elimination does not Necessarily mean that if you don't if you don't use it that you're gonna get busted. But uh, I can say from experience, I've been uh, busted plenty of times and thought, yeah, this was this was on me. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I could have done more. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Now we can be done. All right. Uh, <laughs> so so hey man, again, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for hopping on. And uh, if people want to find out more about Code Blue, where should we send them? Uh, send them
1: to codebluesense.com uh, you can uh, find all of our products in uh, most uh, honey retailers as well and uh, but yeah go to our website we've always got deals running there uh, we ship out within 24 hours great products uh, we're you know working hard over the next few months to make sure you've got the fresh product out there so uh, codebluesense.com check us out